friends, I'm Whitney Caps, And I'm Russ Greer. And you're listening to the Theology and Other Fun Stuff podcast. Where we talk about theology and other fun stuff. Because we believe that what you believe about God shows up in every area of your life. That's right. And our goal is to help you think about those beliefs in a very real and practical way. So we are talking today about something that's probably not super fun, but uh, important. Yeah. Um, so we're going to talk today. I, I'm really just going to kind of kind of interview or maybe just walk with you through this conversation about cancer. Yeah. Um, and listen, and, that's not to say that there have not been some fun things relative to cancer. Sure. What, like, sure. I mean, we have some I, really I, funny stories. I say sure like I know. Like I have you, no clue. You do know this story. We just um, chemo stinks. Chemo just plain stinks. But um, there are people and probably the United States of America who have a vivid memory of this woman throwing her guts up in Times Square in New York City at 10 a.m. in the morning. And they probably thought I was absolutely sloshed. I mean, absolutely. <laughs> I absolutely. I actually thought you were like, there's this pop culture story. <laughs> no, and I was like, I don't have this. And then I realized you're talking about yourself. So, yeah, I do have it. I, 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 got, remember. I know that story. So yeah. we went to New York last year for Christmas and um, I had just finished chemo. And out of nowhere, I got sick. And I literally had to barrel hug a trash can in the middle of Times Square. And I... <laughs> emptied my guts into this trash can. And there were people everywhere. People could not get away from me fast enough. I mean, it was like the parting of the Red Sea. But it wasn't just in (laughs) a a trash can in Times Square. Talk talk about some of the other places. (laughs) So this kept going. Um, And, you know, listen, either defiance or stupidity, I was like, this will not ruin our vacation. So we kept going and um, ended up sick in the bathroom all at the restaurant. Culminating in, us, culminating in us going to see Hamilton and we're walking in, headed up the steps to the upstairs. <laughs> I turn around and I mean, just emptied my guts inside the wasn't there Richard a, Rogers Theater. Wasn't there a cup Hamilton. involved as well? <laughs> so, so I threw up on the way in. Yeah. Threw up on the way. In. And listen, some of y'all are like, I cannot believe. I'm so sorry. We should have given you a content <laughs> warning before we went here. But anyway, so again, people could not get away from me fast enough because COVID is also very recent in people's minds. And so Chad, bless him, he's trying to take care of me. My boys look utterly shocked and embarrassed. They said they were not. But people are looking at us and Chad's going, I'm so sorry. Listen, it's not contagious. She just finished chemo. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. It's chemo. Anyway, so a guy ends up finding me a trash can. I finish. We walk up to our seats. Well, our seats are in the middle, in the middle of a very long row. And I looked at Chad and I was like, you're going to have to find me a cup because if I start to get sick, I can't crawl over these people in the middle of the show. (laughs) He goes down to the bar. He was like, hey, I just need an empty cup. And they're like... That'll be $19. And Chad was like, no, no, you know, I just, I just need the empty cup. And they were like, we can't sell you the cup. And so, uh, listen, there aren't many times that you can play the cancer card, but this was right. one of them. He was like, listen, my, my wife has cancer. She just finished chemo and she's not feeling great. And so we, we, to be honest, just need it in case she gets sick. And, and kindly this, this bartender, his mom had had breast cancer. So he sent us with a cup. So anyway, I'm praying through the entire first act of Hamilton that I never have to use the cup. Did you save that cup? That's a $19 <laughs> listen, cup. It is. I, 
I, we, I did ask the boys. I was like, listen, I could put this in the dishwasher. Does anybody want? They were like, no. <laughs> so we make it through the first almost half of Hamilton. We're almost to intermission and it hits. <laughs> I mean, I filled the cup. It did, you was, just, did you just snort a little I did, bit? I snortled okay. a little bit. Yeah. Anyway, so I, let me just say, I don't know that you can go through something like this and not have a sense of humor because you get to where maybe to keep from crying, you just have to laugh. But I promise you, again, there are places probably in the United States where people still laugh about the woman hugging the trash can since in Times Square. I mean, since we're, Christmas. since we're talking about puke. <laughs> were there <laughs> listen if, if like if you're a weak stomach person maybe just <laughs> maybe just like skip 30 <laughs> seconds until you hear us talking about not this um i used to be an empathetic puker oh that's the worst you puke i puke i mean like i don't care i'm not i yeah. don't like i don't care that much about you like it's just my body will not allow me to do anything different so if i start going <laughs> yes like i used to be i'm not anymore you've got i used to be did kids cure kids you cured uh-huh. me yeah. because here's the thing yeah. here's how i'm here's how you know that you have kids and they have radically changed your not just not just your life emotionally or or even financially but physiologically they have changed you you are a different human than you were pre-kid because here's 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 what the the truly changed parent does when you hear them <laughs> at the table you know you know what you normally what you would do is you you dump the chair and you get away not nope, not the Into parent. The fire. You double handed <laughs> right in front of the mouth because <laughs> because here's the reality. He's his hands to yes, catch. I'm cupping my hands to catch the puke because here's the reality. It's easier for me to wash my hands than to clean up that table. Hey, you are not wrong. It is or it carpet is purely or whatever. Practical, yeah, but it's there, man. Yeah. Like and listen, I don't know. I, now I've talked to you before about my my friend Jamie. Now she is um the, her her oldest kid and our oldest kid uh, been really good friends all through school. And she is a, a keen source of podcast content uh, <laughs> and just in terms of ideas and um, uh, but also feedback. And I really appreciate it. I'm not, I'm not, but she absolutely hates vomit. Like, and she's got this thing with the car wash. She calls them the vomit vacuums. I don't know if that's what she calls them, but we'll call that because like that's where people go to clean up their puke. Oh, that's hilarious. So she won't go to the, she won't she won't go to the car wash because that's a vomit vacuum. I was like, I'm not putting that in my car. <laughs> In all my years, I have never thought about that. No, Thank you, Jamie. You You've ruined it for me. No, yeah. Ruined it. You just so, ruined it. Anyway, anyway she's, never gonna, she's never going to say anything to me ever again because <laughs> she's, she's going to be afraid. Because yeah. I don't think I don't is think Jamie I've used her, her name. real name. Yeah, it is. Oh, totally man. her real name. See, we should redact it. We're sorry, no, Jamie. It's not her name. It's not. It's just not, kidding. No, it's totally not. not her name. Her no. name is Mamie. Mamie. <laughs> Mamie. Anyway, uh, all jokes aside, Kami, <laughs> there's not one. Shamey, I don't know. I don't know. All jokes aside, we are talking about cancer today, and I mean it sincerely. Like I don't, I don't mind talking about my cancer story. Um, I am grateful for the ways that God has created ministry opportunities, um, and we will, we are going to do an episode where we talk about my wig. Because listen, yes, I can't wait. Lo- I know you're going to weigh in significantly. I mean, like I just, I got some questions. Hey, listen, if we've never said it before, shameless plug, shameless plug, but our Simple Seminary members get the video for all our recordings. <laughs> you might want to join Simple Seminary just for the video where I talk about my wig. And, and we, are you actually going to like bring it? Why not? 
Can put, I put it, it on. Take it off. It I think you should put it on. Oh, dude. I now don't know listen, about that. yeah, it, because y'all don't watch it's these just, videos. Your head is bigger than mine. What are you trying to say? I know it is. You got lots of brains. I have a tiny little <laughs> pea-sized head, um, so I had to have an extra small. But anyway, we are going to talk about my wig. It's not stretch. It is a little bit, but your noggin's a lot bigger than mine. <laughs> Golly. <laughs> Listen, if I wanted this kind of treatment, I'd stay home. I'd stay home. Anyway, but we are going to talk about uh, my cancer today. So listen, if if we don't, if you don't know me in real life or we've never really spent time together and this is brand new information for you, um, let me back up just a little bit and give you some of the context because I'm I'm kind of in the middle of that story. Um, so I have Crohn's disease and in 2020, I started having some complications from my Crohn's that we weren't really sure what was going on. And then they persisted for about five or six months into 2021. I took a bunch of COVID tests because I was running fevers and would get sick and then would get better. And anyway, was it COVID? But we did determine that maybe I was just having some flares from my Crohn's disease. I'll fast forward what was months of um, visits and doctor's visits and tests to um, an episode I had in August of 2021 with just, I mean, excruciating pain. And listen, I'm fast forwarding a whole lot because there was an emergent helicopter ride that we're going to just, yeah we're just going to, we're just going to blow by. And I also want to interject that that is the episode. That's old people talk for being sick. Oh, yes. so I just want you to know you officially entered I, I had an episode. into geriatrics. <laughs> in, so. In more ways than I can tell you. In more ways than I can tell you. I had um, an episode. I had an episode. Um, so in August of 2021, uh, just kind of doing some normal stuff around the house. Chad was out of town. Ended up with just mind-numbingly blinding pain and called my parents. They drove me to the ER in Athens because I had had some issues with some swelling in my small intestine. I come to find out... Um, my small intestine, which, um, you know, is the size of roughly maybe a water hose. I'm trying to compare something in real life to the size that they demonstrated to me. Mine was the size of, of a grapefruit and um, just massive, massive amounts of swelling. And because of that swelling, um, God is incredible in design for our bodies to really try and take care of themselves. Mm. And so one of the things your body does with swelling like that is to try and send it someplace else. And so my small intestine had fistulated into my bladder, meaning that it had kind of um, bore a hole into my bladder, trying to send that inflammation elsewhere. And so um, it had perforated and was leaking. My small intestine was, and then there was also this spot in my bladder. And so anyway, come to find out, they were like, Hey, we're going to rush you into surgery which they did. I came out of surgery with an ileostomy bag, which is a poop bag. Again, one of the other not fun things, but I'm happy to talk about it because, um, oh. listen, we had lots, probably not appropriate for the podcast, but lots of funny stories yeah, about I mean, Stella and the bag. Stella, my stoma. Stoma is the part of your intestine. They stitch your intestine to the outside of your body. From the inside, they make a hole, and then I pooped into a bag. So anyway, <laughs> it, listen, listen, yeah, I... God had all kinds. I, I literally, I am medicated when I come out and they were like, well, you know, right you have now? an ileostomy. Well, <laughs> I should be. I mean, but, y'all, I just, this, like I'm married to a nurse. I've been married to a nurse for 18 years and it just, like, it's just funny to me. Some of you are probably 
finding a way to like, just like you can't even stop the podcast. You're <laughs> just jumping enough. out of your cars <laughs> as you ride down the road. So just know that we're just trying to keep it light. That's so. exactly right. But imagine being medicated pretty significantly and happily medicated. And they're trying to explain to you that you now poop in a bag. It's a whole time. Anyway, um, they had to remove a portion of my small intestine, um, the terminal ileum, because that was a chronic place of problem. And so they removed all that swelling. I was going to have. Sounds like a Tom Cruise movie. <laughs> terminal <laughs> ileum. Terminal. <laughs> I'm running. I'm running. <laughs> High step in it. High Sorry. step in it. This, this should be so much more serious than it is. <laughs> Listen, if you can't laugh, you'll cry. Anyway. Oh, goodness. So um, they removed that portion of my terminal ileum. I was going to have an ileostomy for um, six, eight months, let my um, intestines heal, and then they would go back in and put me back together. Anyway, in, this, in, in the hospital for about a week, was going to go home on Saturday, on Friday, um, the phone in my and my room rang, which was odd. My mom had actually come to visit me. We were still under COVID protocols at the time. So you could only have one person in the room. And so pick up the phone and it's my surgeon. And she said, listen, I, I've never had to do this. And I, I just want to apologize. Um, but we sent off the pathology of the tumor in your small intestine that we were sure was benign. It's not, it's malignant and it's cancer. And I, um, I'm already at home for the weekend, but it was going to appear in your my chart, and I didn't want you to find out online. And so, um, listen, if you have ever heard those words, I want you to know, emotionally, I am fine. I really am. The Lord is so kind. But to go back to that moment, there's a visceral, mm. um, automatic kind of reaction to being in that moment again. And I can tell you, um, I know Jesus. I walk with Jesus. Um, I trust his sovereign care. My body then and still has a physical reaction to resist the notion of cancer. It's hard. It's hard mm. to say the word. It's hard to mentally wrap my brain around. It feels out of body, which I know seems so dramatic. But um, if you've ever had cancer, m maybe you are nodding along with that description. Anyway, so obviously my mom is sitting there and knows that something is wrong. And so um, she leaves. My dad had brought her to the hospital. So he was in the waiting room. And the very kind, listen, nurses, um, you know, I love your wife and I would say it in her presence, but um, man, literal angels on earth, mm -hmm. uh, the things that they have to do on a regular basis. Uh, but they were kind enough and um, to make an exception, they went and got dad and brought him back because I didn't want mom to have to tell him that I had cancer. And so we talked about that, um, called Chad and he decided to head to the hospital. And so what it meant was I wasn't going home the next day. They were going to have to open me back up because we didn't biopsy a lot of the other areas because nobody, nobody thought it was mm. cancer. And so I had a surgery on a Tuesday, thought I was going home on Saturday, ended up having another surgery the following Tuesday where they would biopsy um, my bladder and lymph nodes and that sort of thing. So two surgeries in eight days. And came out of that surgery and found out that uh, my bladder was clear. Praise God. Um, they got great margins on everything, but it was in one of 18 lymph nodes. Mm -hmm. And so that meant that I would have a course of uh, chemotherapy. Now, God in his providence and kindness, some of our best friends, um, Ryder's best friend, Shepard, his dad is an oncologist. And we had joked with Eric off and we're like, listen, man, we love you. We're, we're so glad to be your friend. Hope we never see you. And so Chad immediately called Eric and um, 
Eric held our hand and, and just helped us process the reality of what the next few months would look like. So um, beginning in September or October, it gets a little fuzzy. I began chemo. I did 12 rounds of chemo that carried me through May of 2022. And I did my first scan in June of 2022. And uh, listen, chemo was hard, super, super hard. Um, it is, I mean, when people say it's poison, your body reacts as you would expect it to, to poison. Um, the Lord was kind. Listen, just as an aside, because it, um, I don't want to belabor this story. And, and this episode may be a little bit longer than usual, but I don't want to miss opportunities to give God glory for what he alone did. Sure. You know this because we were working together. I didn't miss one event during that chemo run. Mm. I didn't miss one event, which is unbelievable. But it was because the Lord was so faithful. One of the things I learned about his character during that time is that he's rarely early, but he's never late. Mm. And so there were some events where I would I would have just finished chemo on Thursday and I would go and speak on a Friday or a Saturday. And um, he always, to the praise of his matchless name, always gave me exactly what I needed. Mm. He was faithful. Um, and we talked about that. Chad and I pray about every event request that comes in. You join us in that prayer. And we had said yes. Um and and God was not surprised. So we said those yeses not yeah. knowing, but he did. Yeah. And man, he was faithful. And 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 even at times when I showed up and I, I didn't feel 100%, I hope I stewarded it well. Um, I, I think the Lord does a lot of ministry in spite of myself. But I think there's something really powerful um, when we invite people to limp along with us. Mm -hmm. And yeah. I was walking with a not, not physical limp, sure. but if you're familiar with that story. Um, during that season of life, I was walking with a limp. And so I um, just really want to give God the glory and the credit for enabling me to do that. Um, it was a sweet time of ministry. And, and we saw him show up in some really powerful ways, got to have incredible conversations relative to chemo and cancer, my wig. Um, so fast forward to June, though, we do our first scan and find out that the cancer is now on the outside of my colon, which um, I'm going to tell you the way it was explained to me. Because my small intestine had perforated, it had leaked cancer seeds into my abdomen. And my chemo is blood chemo. And so it only can get to things that are attached and have a blood source. And so these cells had been kind of floating in my abdomen. They landed on the outside of my colon. So it meant that we needed to take care of those. There is a surgeon, again, the Lord's providence, one of the few that does this procedure called a chemo wash. And so um, I went and visited with this surgeon at Emory in Atlanta. His name is Dr. Josh Weiner. And we we're planning to do something called um, HIPEC, which is um, a procedure where they do a chemo wash of all of my abdomen, um, the lining of my abdomen, all in my bowels, all of those organs and um, pretty invasive surgery. I've been told it's one of the most aggressive surgical procedures that you can have. And so um, they wanted me to do some chemo ahead of the surgery to make sure that we had gotten everything microscopic and um, invisible to the eye that we could. So I did eight more rounds of chemo. And in January of 23, had that surgery. And it was about, I think it was about a 10 hour surgery. Um, I joke, but in all serious, they filleted me on the <laughs> surgical table. Mm. Um, and so removed all of my organs, um, washed them with chemo and then temporarily sutured me back up and had a tube at my sternum that fed into my abdomen and they pumped me full of heated chemo and literally on the table. Um, it's called a shake and bake, <laughs> just rocked me back and forth, which is, I mean, it's just, anyway, it's, it's first, you last. <laughs> Sorry. every time they say that this is unrelated, but do you remember Seinfeld where 
Kramer is a turkey. There's an episode, and I don't even remember the context of the episode, but he's a turkey for some reason. He's dre- Somebody's picturing him as a turkey. I think it's Newman. Anyway, every time they say shake and bake, I picture myself like this huge turkey <laughs> on the table. there. Anyway, it doesn't matter. doesn't matter. If you don't laugh, you'll cry. Okay. So I uh, came out of that surgery very successful. They were able to get the spots on my colon. They were able to put my colon back together, which they weren't sure that that would happen. So um, I was done with the poop bag. I had 58, 50, I know. Anyway, um, 58 staples in my abdomen. So again, just a super aggressive surgery. And then we began the process of healing. And so for all of 23, um, it was the year of getting better. I didn't have any more chemo. We had lots of scans, all clear. um, And the Lord was just exceptionally kind. I have a blood test that measures um, DNA activity on the molecular level, microscopic level. That's the DNA is typed to my original cancer. Um, uh, unheard of levels. Um, at one time, we got a 0.0, which is um, nothing short of miraculous. Mm. And so just incredible kindness from the Lord. Um, and that was that was my cancer story. And it was it was weird because people would ask me about it. And I would say, you know, I try and hold my cancer story open handed. I didn't ask for it the first time um, and would have happily given it to somebody else. I am not a martyr. I would have passed the buck in, sure. a, in sure. a hot minute. Mama didn't raise uh, no hero. No. So. Um, but I, I've said, we talked about this in another episode. I wouldn't trade it because I know him better. Um, the ways that we saw him provide and care for us, um, it would take hours long episodes for us to talk about yeah. all of that. The way we saw him be faithful with the boys, um, the way he grew their faith, just unbelievable things that the Lord did in and through that story. And so I praise him for that. But listen, I was not mad to see 2023 come to a close. I was ready for that to be in the rearview mirror and super grateful uh, to feel normal and healthy, really healthier than I have probably been in over five years Mm -hmm. because of my Crohn's. Um, And so, yeah, turned the page, went into 2024 and super excited to be, um, air quotes, normal. Yeah, yeah. Um, And had my routine um, scan just a couple of weeks ago and they found a spot on my liver, which is normal for me. There's always this kind of hazy spot. I've had multiple scans on that particular location. And so didn't think anything about it, weren't alarmed or concerned. And um, in my my chart, notified at 1157 one night that my results were back. And so I opened up my, my chart and found out that there are literally the words were unfortunately three new malignant spots in the liver. And so, um, called Chad back there. Neither of us slept a whole lot that night, was able to talk with my oncologist the next morning. So for those of you who are listening, this may be news to you, but my cancer is back. Mm. Um, it's in my liver. Now, It doesn't mean that I have liver cancer. It is my original cancer that my liver filtered that the multiple rounds of chemo kept at bay. And so the good news is I've been off of chemo for over 12 months and we just now saw them. They are very small. We met with our surgeon this week. They're very operable. Um, We thought it might be more than one surgery because of where they're located on the liver, but he's confident he can get them in one surgery. And listen, if there is an upside, ain't no surgery like the surgery that I had in January of 2023. And can we just talk just for a moment? Again, my wife's a nurse. And so um, I don't, 
I may know more than just your average. That's right. For sure. You, you know, person who, who is not medically, you know, inclined or, or working in a, in a healthcare related field. But can we just talk about the amazing liver and, and what Unbelievably. a, again, what a, what a just in, 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 in the weirdest sense, what a blessing it is to have it there 100%. as opposed to somewhere else. And just the miracle that God designed our livers. If you don't know this, your liver regenerates. And so we found all of this out. They it's could like take up to 70%. How, how weird is that? Right. Yeah. They could take up to 70% of my liver and it would regenerate because my liver remarkably is really healthy. Despite yeah. these spots, my liver is very healthy and it'll regenerate. Do you know what he told us? Your liver regenerates to a size corresponding to the surface area of your body. So somehow your body knows, depending on the surface area of your body, I know where you're good. it's very specific what? and are varies saying, greatly. No, I am not. My liver is massive. I am not. That is not what I'm saying. It doesn't correspond to your head. Corresponds oh, to your- man. God, zing. <laughs> there it is. Anyway, uh, be that as it may. Anyway, the Lord, um, it, it really, it is remarkable what your liver can do. And yeah. so, yes, you're not wrong. Um very treatable, very manageable. I will do um, four to six rounds of chemo, again, to deal with the small microscopic things that we cannot see. So um, full disclosure, I've known about this for about 10 days, not putting on a brave face. Um, I have had some time to sit with it. And I was sad, uh, very sad, Hmm. not scared. Um, I the. I have lots of sin issues. Worry and anxiety are not two of the ones that I have. Um, I think that's the Lord's kindness. And so never scared, but I was sad. Chemo. Um, it's a major buzz. Chemo. It stinks. It yeah. really does. It just, it, yeah, listen, I shouldn't say it. If you have to use the little horn, it sucks. It just, it does. And my mom hates that. I word. Even, it just, I don't even know where it is. <laughs> found it at one time anyway this would be the right spot because bonnie posey hates when i say it sucks and i was like mom sucks is the right word for chemo it just it just i know that probably i use it <laughs> some casual way you found it chemo <laughs> um that's right and so i'm so glad i could be here for that i mean the That's right basically place. All that it's, I've the contributed it's the only time this, that we'll probably use because we won't cuss. My mom uh, would tell you that's cussing anyway. Um, but it does. And it's the thing that impacts being a good wife and a good mom. And um, hmm. it's really hard. That is hard. Um, so I really am. I'm OK. I'm not scared, but I am sad. Chemo stinks. So I'll have four to six rounds of chemo between now, actually start next week now and probably the end of May. The great thing is we've got a lot of flexibility in terms of timing. This isn't emergent. Um, we've got a great plan in place. I'm also going to add some immunotherapy. And so I'll be having another surgery. Again, far less invasive. Hmm. Praise the Lord. Cancer has taught me I am soft on the outside, <laughs> but I am real tough on the inside. I am. I am. Uh, Tougher than I thought. And so um, surgery is going to be pretty straightforward. Um, our surgical team feels really good about it. And so um, this is the next chapter in yeah. the story. A, a story that I would have loved to have said the book was closed on. But the Lord is writing a different chapter. So uh, let me let me just kind of, again, we, we, we've talked about your story 
are there, are there things that you would like, like just universal truths that, that you've picked up along the way that, that you might even say to, I mean, everybody's connected to cancer in some way, right? I mean, you would be hard pressed to find someone who is not closely connected to someone who has had cancer or, or they themselves have had cancer. But, but just because you're connected to it doesn't necessarily mean that that you can really connect to it. Mm-hmm. I, that that mm-hmm. sounds stupid when I say it out loud. But like, are are there universal sweeping truths that you feel like you've picked up along mm-hmm. the way that you would say, man, regardless of who you are or mm-hmm. what your journey looks like, here's some things I know. Yeah. Um, or, I mean, any yeah. any moments like just just you know eye opening soul reaching moments yeah. like that, that, mm-hmm. that you would want to share with folks. Let me go back to one that I kind of did a little bit of a drive by on earlier. Um, in seasons of suffering, um, God is rarely early, but he's never late. Mm. I watched him meet needs the very moment that I needed them. And often not beforehand. There is a dependence that comes in suffering that is necessary, but I want to say I, um, necessary, but it was almost forced on me because I don't want to make it sound like I was just so surrendered. <laughs> Listen, relative to chemo and cancer, surrender is kind of the only play, you know? I mean, yeah. I was literally sometimes so sick that doing some things that weren't important, but were important to me. And then doing some things that were important. Um, he just was faithful to give me what I needed mm-hmm. when I needed it. He really is. And so whatever your suffering or hard story looks like, um, the Lord is faithful and he gives us what we need yeah. when we need it. Now, there were things I missed that I didn't want to miss. And he sure. didn't give me the ability to do everything. So there were still some hard no's. Yeah. Um, there were things that I missed that I grieved that I cried about that were really difficult, but I can look back and go, he gave me what I needed when I needed it. Mm. And so, um, whatever you're walking through, he is faithful again, rarely early, but never late. And so, um, I think that is true of him and his character for whatever version of a hard story you're living. The other thing I would say is, um, cancer is very clarifying. Very clarifying. I suspect that lots of things are, but just through the lens of suffering, mine was cancer. And so cancer is very clarifying. I will say this, and I think if Chad were sitting here, he would tell you the same thing. I don't know that our marriage has ever been as healthy Mm. as it was in that season because it dispels a lot of the saccharine hallmark ideals of romance and reveals the real beauty of marriage, which is sacrifice. But I don't know that I don't know that that necessarily is true across the board. It may not be. Um, I, I, I think a lot of that probably has to do with how you guys approach marriage and how you approach suffering. And so maybe I, in fact, I having been around people who are going through difficult seasons in their marriage, mm-hmm. I would say I know it's not true. And well, so then that, let me give Chad the credit because I do. He. He loved and served in a way that I think he would tell you was supernatural because mm-hmm. his job is very demanding, not just in its in its role, but in the logistics of what he does. He he works in a different state and um, he loved me really well. Mm-hmm. He loved me really well. And um, 
the again, um, the kind of saccharine Hallmark movie ideals that we, we, we as women sometimes want. Um, again, in that regard, cancer was very clarifying that this is the stuff. Mm-hmm. This is the stuff of true love. Yeah. Um, because there were a lot of really hard moments, and he, um, man, he bore up under the burdens of those. He really will. Yeah. Um, and I'm super grateful for that. And so I think the tendency can be to think, man, this may break us. I want to tell you, I think in a lot of ways it made us. Mm. So there is that potential in suffering. Maybe I shouldn't be naive that it necessarily happens. I want to give Chad the credit and God, the glory, but it doesn't have to break you. It may yeah. in fact make you. That's really good. Um, the other thing I would say is, and, and um, I can't remember if we've talked about this before, but one of my biggest fears, um, the thing that would keep me up at night again, wasn't, am I going to miss stuff? Am I going to die? Is it, you know, it wasn't any of that, but it was, how is this going to affect the boy's faith Mm. and what they know and believe about God? And so we had some really intentional conversations with the boys to try and explain as best we could God's sovereign care and yet his permission for me to live out this story. I'm not uncomfortable to say that, listen, he permitted this. Um, God doesn't purpose evil, but my body's broken and he didn't stop it. Mm. So it's not like cancer slipped in and yeah. he missed it. He, he didn't stop it. Um, he purposed that this be a part of our story. And so having to walk with the boys through the complicated nature of God's sovereignty in the midst of suffering was something that we tried to take very seriously. So let me say this. The end result was, this is what I know to be true. God loves my kids more than I do. Yeah, He yeah. loves my kids more than I do. And what Chad and I saw um, was the boys wrestle through this reality. And I think um, the beginnings, I don't want to pretend that this work is done, but the beginnings of seeing them own their faith in a way that, again, I wouldn't trade. Yeah. I would not trade it. God is more in love with my kids than I am. And he has a plan and a purpose for who they are in Jesus that is better than my own. Sure, and sure. so um, it wasn't easy. And I still, um, I mean, we had to tell him again. I, we had to have a hard conversation just last week. And uh, sweet Tate, there was just a single tear that rolled down his cheek. And I had to say in that moment, God, you, you know how to love him better than I can. And you, you meet all of our needs in Christ mm-hmm. Jesus. And so um, if you have boys, I don't know. So I'm, I can't say if this is different for girls. I'm just saying, I don't know. Yeah. But for boys in particular, when, when, I'm not sure they have language to talk about what's happening yeah. inside of them because all of my boys are regenerate. They walk with Jesus. Sure. The Holy Spirit is alive in them. Um, that he gives his groanings, articulate things that maybe even they can't. Mm. And so I'm grateful for that. And so regardless of what you're walking through, um, whether it's your story or somebody else's, uh, God loves your kids more than you do. Yeah. I know that to be true. I know that to be true. Well, and I'll just add one thing as we kind of, if there's something else you want to add, certainly do it. But um, on the, on the friend side of things, what, what Ashley and I observed, and I know other people did too, is just how um, gracious and loving you and Chad were and your boys, I'm sure to the people who served you through that mm-hmm. um, to the nurses and the doctors. I mean, uh, I, I know you probably wouldn't want this told, but I'm going to tell it anyway. And I do the editing, so I get to keep it in, um, <laughs> is that, um, the, the caps and the, the posies, your mom as well, um, would bring things 
to the caregivers, um, <laughs> baskets, uh, chicken and dumplings. Um, right. And which, listen, Bonnie Posey makes some killer chicken and dumplings. If you have not had them. Um, and, uh, and biscuits. Yeah. Which, that's another And episode. homemade jam. I mean, it's, yeah. Yes, it's all good. Fried pies. She but, delivered fried pies to but, our oncology. There you go. Yes. Yes. I remember that nurses, too. Yeah. Um, but but I, I would say just to, to encourage you that, that simply because it feels like things are closing in, that, that suffering is all around. I I don't think it diminishes our call as Christ followers Mm -hmm. to still be aware of the needs of Mm -hmm. others, to be aware of the lostness around us um, and to be aware that we are still in the midst of suffering and maybe even especially in the midst of suffering called to be the light of the world, to be a city on a hill. And I think you guys, did that incredibly well. Um, and it was, it was really a joy to watch mm. uh, from just from our vantage point, hoping that were we ever to go through anything similar, that we would do it as well. well um, and I so I appreciate that. Um, and I know if you're listening to this and you were part of her care team, mm-hmm. you appreciate that as well um, mm-hmm. and would probably echo those those sentiments. Thanks, so I'm going to I'm going to offer one last thing and then we're going to yeah. wrap. Um, and, and in part, this is going to sound like a shameless plug and it was unintended, but I'm going to use it. Uh, the other thing that I learned is don't wait to worship. Don't mm-hmm. wait to worship. There were many Sundays that I showed up. And I didn't feel it. And I remember having this conversation with dad at one time. I said, I, f- I, f- I feel really fake because I don't feel what I know to be true. So mm-hmm. my feelings and my faith don't correspond. That They don't feel the same. And I said, that feels really fake. And he said, that's not fake. It's faith. Mm-hmm. It's not fake. It's faith. And he said, doll, he calls me doll. That's my, he said, doll, if you, if you'll act on what you know to be true, your feelings will catch up. Yeah. That's good advice. And so um, don't let the enemy label you as a hypocrite, which I think sometimes we take on that label too easily. I was declaring something to be true and willing it to be a reality, even when it didn't feel like it. And I think, I hope, and this is what I'm, um, we're going to talk about worship here in a couple of um, episodes. It may be the next one. I don't know the order you do. I think having a theology of worship matters a lot when yeah. suffering comes knocking on your door. And so I wouldn't say I did it well, but I at least knew truthfully how to worship well. Yeah. And so I would say to you, don't wait to worship. Well, I, I appreciate, um, again, Ashley's dad uh, mm-hmm. passed away yeah. six years ago coming up um, uh, from cancer mm-hmm. and um, very different story, yeah. but, but, we are close to it. Mm-hmm. Um, and so um, I appreciate you sharing your story um, and being real and being vulnerable um, because I think um, people need to hear it. Mm-hmm. And judging by the interactions that you have when you travel, um, we know that to be true. Yeah. Um, and so hopefully you hear this today and, and maybe there's somebody that you need to share it with. And again, that's, that's not, that's not a shameless plug. That's right. That is a, a, do a friend a favor mm-hmm. and let them know that they're not alone. That's right. Um, me too. And, and yeah, me too. yeah, me too. And so uh, my prayer, and I think your prayer would probably be that you use this episode mm-hmm. um, to care well for somebody um, that you know. Um, and, and that is that, that has zero to do with 
analytics and metrics and a whole lot to do with ministering well um, within the body of Christ and without the body of Christ. And so we appreciate you tuning in today and um, hope that this has been impactful for you. And I appreciate you sharing your story. Thanks, man. Thanks for listening to this episode of Theology and Other Fun Stuff. Be sure to follow us on socials at Theology and Fun or visit our website, theologyandfun.com. For more info about Simple Seminary, visit simpleseminary.org. For booking inquiries, visit whitneycaps.com. And remember, life and theology are always intersecting. So let's talk about it.